So today is Wednesday, and on Wednesday we keep going with our studies, and our studies are found in uh, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, and we find ourselves this day in chapter 30 in regards to the sons of Jacob, in regards to the sons of Jacob. Stefan Maia is my name, addedsouls.com is my website. I labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ. And you can find us on Facebook, East Coast Church of Christ, or you can check out our uh, .com site, eastcoastchurchofchrist.com. Please consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. Your support helps the work continue, and it is much appreciated and it is needed. So please consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. You can also send us uh, support through PayPal, souls at gmail.com and you can reach out to me and have a physical address. We can have a conversation and have uh, I'll share uh, the physical address. Good stuff. We are in Genesis chapter 30 in regards to the sons of Jacob and we kind of have to get our minds back into the mix of the context and what's taking place. The chaos, if you will. The chaos and the... Um, the consequences to sinful decisions that are made void of faith in God and how it certainly divides a family and destroys uh, their influence and their interactions together, which, which, which should be morally upright and in full trust of God. So we're going to look at that. Of course, we go back to the family that began in this context here uh, regarding uh, Isaac and... Rebecca, whose children were Esau and Jacob, and we saw how we saw Esau be very angry uh, and become bitter and vengeful, re revenged uh, in his heart towards his brother Jacob, who stole the blessing that was rightfully his, and that was in collusion with, of course, his mother. Uh, what did I say, Rebecca? Right? Rebecca or Rachel? I forget now. I think it's Rebecca. I get mixed up with the names sometimes. There's so many names. So I have to kind of look at it again. This, uh, Rebecca, yeah, his mother. Jacob Jacob and his mother, yeah, Rebecca. Yeah, against Isaac, right? And, uh, and uh, Esau. So that takes place, and because of that, uh, ultimately, uh, Jacob has to be sent away. And you can look at the archive videos. I encourage you to do that if you want to follow along what we've been doing on Wednesdays in regards to uh, our study in the book of Genesis. We do uh, have different themes for each day of the week. We go live from Monday to Friday. Check out the show notes if you find yourself uh, wanting to know what days we do what. And please consider subscribing, following right? Giving us a thumbs up, share the link far and wide, share a comment, all that kind of good stuff helps the Added Souls ministry move forward. And we are on all the platforms. You can find us everywhere. live, Twitter, Facebook, Rumble, YouTube. You can find our audio locations, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, uh, everywhere. So by all means, please get involved. We uh, solely rely on God's good grace, his mercy, his forgiveness through your compassion, your willingness to get involved and partake and uh, help us, you know, grow the studio, grow the content, and, and move forward with it. In Genesis chapter 30 is where we find ourselves, and it begins by saying, Now when Rachel saw that the 
that she bore Jacob no children. She became jealous of her sister. And she said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. That's pretty dramatic, isn't it? Give me my way. I'm entitled. I'm going to throw a fit here if you don't give me children. Uh, well, all of this, of course, going back here, and I kind of jumped a bit, but for the context, you have Isaac and his wife, Rebecca. Rebecca gets Jacob to participate and create a deception against Isaac and Esau to steal the blessing that would be rightfully Esau's. Now, Jacob, the recipient, that causes a lot of problems in the family. So much so, Jacob has to be sent away. Now, Jacob is sent away. Jacob has a dream. Jacob, of course, from that dream, uh, arrives uh, at a location where he meets Rachel. He wants to marry Rachel. However, Laban is there, and Laban has some treachery involved in regards to Jacob's reception of Rachel. And so within chapter 29, verses 21 through 35, which I believe was the last session we had last a few weeks ago, uh, we see how, <laughs> you know, what goes around comes around, if you will. Jacob being the um, involved in an orchestrated deception against his father and his brother, now the recipient of Laban's treachery, where he finds himself uh, laying with a woman that was not the woman he had been working to marry. And so he ends up having uh, sisters involved here and all kinds of um, foolish decisions, of course, being done and deceiving things taking place. And it's not according to God's uh, will for mankind, obviously. God did not want these things to happen to mankind, but mankind, because of free will, chose to go these paths, and God just utilizes these things according to his will to fulfill, of course, uh, the redemptive plan for of salvation for mankind, ultimately. So all of this taking place here, Jacob, he wants Rachel, but he's He's given, um, what's her name? So it came about in the morning that, behold, it was Le Leah, okay? Leah or Leah. That's not Rachel, so what's going on, right? But then, you know, the reasoning of their culture, of course, Laban's reasoning of their culture, he says it's not the practice, uh, it is not the practice in our place to marry off the younger before the firstborn. <laughs> so because of that, he, Jacob was... Uh, forcefully obliged to uh, fulfill the contract that was laid out there by Laban's or, or Laban's agenda, and so Jacob went into Rachel also after he had been with Leah. Uh, Leah, and there's of course other things involved with that. Go back to the archive video. Well, in chapter thirty, we launch from that context, of course, and what's taking place. We see Rachel. Uh, seeing that she can't bear Jacob, her husband, any children, she became jealous of her sister. Jealousy. Unrighteous jealousy, if you will. Uh, so she became unrighteously jealous against her sister, and she says to her husband, Jacob, give me children or else I die. Again, this dramatic entitlement, you know, uh, taking place. And um, that's not the right way to go about things, obviously. Uh, one must remain self-controlled, sober of thought, and well-balanced and seasoned. And that takes place when you trust God, first and foremost. And if you trust God 
and your husband trusts God, you follow your husband who trusts God, and your husband will love you and take care of you, and both together equal in this marriage union for the greater good of God's purpose and will. And uh, sadly, we human beings take our own thoughts and create our own image of what we want things to be, and sadly, we make foolish decisions. And it is so repetitive, if you will. If you take a look at the nature of mankind thus far, even going back to the lineage of this ancestral tree with Abraham and what took place with Sarah, right? Sarah, again, aggravated by the fact that she could not bear children according to her timeline, blames God, blames her husband, blames everyone else. She's entitled and she's playing the victimhood card. And so what takes place? Well, she has her husband go with her uh, servant, uh, and uh, children are being born in divided homes, and there are multiple women involved in this uh, oh, uh, polygamist atmosphere that God had never intended for mankind. Though he is suffering along with it, he had, from the very beginning, not intended this departure from a pattern, male, female, husband, wife, children, this unit, this strength, this covenant between the, the two genders, and uh, mankind makes a mess of things. And so <laughs> you can see how the repetitive nature of the spiral downwards in an, an ancestral tree who chooses to do things against the good faith they should have in God and his plan, his timeline. If God says you're going to bear children, you wait. If God says you need to wait, you wait. But we human beings, because of the, the submission we have to the natural realm and the time that just keeps taking away, we, we know we have but a small window to get things done. So we tend to aggravate ourselves uh, into making decisions that are going to ultimately hurt us at the end. While we should be patient, take our time, and uh, certainly be active and uh, productive for God and the cause of the kingdom, but not so as to uh, either loose God's will or bind where God has never bound and therein find ourselves in a lot of trouble like this family found themselves thousands and thousands of years ago. So when Rachel saw that she couldn't bear any children to her husband, she became jealous at her sister. Okay, her sister can bear children. And she says to Jacob, give me children or else I die. <laughs> it's the end of the world and I'm not going to live on if this is not going to happen. And so Jacob's anger burned against Rachel, just burned against Rachel. Well, that's not a happy union if you find yourselves in a, in a uh, wedding bed where there is turmoil and contention and, and chaos and, con and unrighteous confrontation and unrighteous emotional anger that is not found proper and upright according to the faith we should have in God. Again, this is done by the agenda of mankind and the desires of the flesh and their own selfish ambitions. Sadly, the same thing happens today, and it will happen among mankind because of our free will to do so. We choose to do so when we shouldn't, and we repeat the same sinful consequences. So Jacob's anger burned against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? 
I have nothing to be blamed about here. What are you pointing the finger at me for? I'm the victim. They're all victims. They're all entitled. No one's taking responsibility or priority of their actions. No one wants to be responsible here. No, it's everyone else's fault. It's your fault. It's God's fault. It's everyone's fault. What am I to be blamed for? You know, am I my brother's keeper? Let's go back to Cain and Abel. It's the same spirit. Spirit, wind, thought, words. Am I my brother's keeper already? Leave me alone. What are you blaming me for? So he says, you know, um, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? And of course, she says in verse 3, here's my maid, Bilha. There's a name for you. Bilha. Bilha? Bilha? Um, go into her... That's the Bible's way of saying have sexual relations, intercourse, so as to procreate, if you will. Um, very mechanical, right? <laughs> if they would have known the love of God and trusted in him, it would did not need to be this way. It could have been loving and between one male, one female, one husband, one wife. But anyways, okay. So uh, she says, here's my maid, Bilha. Go into her, have relations with her, right? That she may bear on my knees and uh, that through her, I too may have children. They don't get it, do they? Why do we do this? Again, this sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Since we've been going through the book of Genesis, very familiar. Things like this have happened before, going back to grand, grand, grandpa there over here in, with Abraham and Sarah. Why are we doing this all over again? Well, because, again, selfish ambition desires things we want our way done now. We wanted things our way. Well, our way is going to get us in a lot of trouble. And so uh, this is what she has to say. Go into her that she may bear on my knees, uh, that through her I too may have children. What do you mean you have children? Another woman's going to bear a child in her womb, but it's your children? You see how already she's just like needs to use someone in order, it's not the same thing. It's not going to work out how you think it's going to work out. Go sleep with my maid, have sex with my maid, and then when she has a baby, it'll be my baby. <laughs> you may want to consult with her, you know. Uh, so this is the solution given. So she gave him her maid, verse 4, chapter 30, Genesis. So, so uh, uh, Rachel gives Jacob... Her maid, Bilha, as a wife. And Jacob, of course. Well, I guess you gotta do, I gotta take one for the team. <laughs> you know, have sex with another woman. Oh, sure, okay. I guess if I have to. <laughs> man, oh man. It's, it, you can see the, the insight of uh, our selfish desires, our lust, and uh, our lack of faith in God. This is not what God wanted them to do. But God's going to use it nonetheless to fulfill his plan, which is, again, it'll blow your mind when you get to see how God allows us free will. It's a blessing. We have free will. We can choose to love him or hate him. We can choose to follow him or not. And that makes sense to me because if you are God and his nature is revealed through the penmanship of the Holy Spirit, the 66 books of the Holy Bible, you are God. You want to know who loves you genuinely because if he would just create you as a robot, already positioned to either hate him or love him, 
already destined to either heaven or hell, then we have no choice. We're just robots. And he doesn't really know who loves him. So he's very powerful to have created us of free will. We don't see tomorrow, but he's already seen every tomorrow there is to have. Now, that may be difficult for us to wrap our minds around, but that's the power of God. His ways are not our ways. But his ways that he's allowed ours to know, he's written. And we have enough of it there to know what's up, the purpose of life. So she said, here's my maid. Go ahead go ahead and, and be with her. So she gave him Bil, uh, Bilha as a wife, and Jacob went into her. They had relations. And Bilha conceived and bore Jacob a son. So this woman here's womb was fertile, if you will, and she's capable of bearing a child. And she does for Jacob. I mean, we can't. I mean, can't we reason together? Of uh, we've seen the problems this kind of dynamic causes when you have a man who has several women, several wives, children all over the place. Here, the wives get at each other's neck. Everyone gets hostile. There's division. There's chaos. There's no unity and peace. There's a mess. So Rachel says, of course, after Bilhah conceiving uh, Jacob a son, she says in verse 6, God has vindicated me and has indeed heard my voice and has given me a son. You sure that's God? We do that, don't we? <laughs> Thank you, God, for giving me a wonderful girlfriend that we can fornicate together. You know, God don't, God's not involved with blessing you if it's sinful lifestyle sinful living but we do that because i mean what's the what what's the opposite we don't want to think of the opposite that god is has nothing to do with our decisions that we've just made god is not blessing us and we're headed towards a lot of problems a lot of consequences and perhaps even eternal torment eternal separation from the love of god i mean that's pretty heavy stuff but we don't want to think about that so god's blessed us thank you god for allowing me to give my husband another wife and we do that. Oh, I love him. No, he's on his third wife. <laughs> God didn't bless you with that union. He'd been messing around. We do that, don't we? God's blessed me. No. God has not God's been trying to tell you to get out of there. Okay. So Rachel says God has vindicated me. See, Rachel said this. Uh, God has vindicated me and has indeed heard my voice and has given me a son. Therefore, she named him Dan. Remember, names mean stuff back here in this day and age in, in, that we're reading. Uh, names meant something. So Rachel's maid, Bilhah, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. She's going to make him a nest, make him a team, sports team coming up. So uh, Rachel says in verse 8, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister, and I have indeed prevailed. And she named him Naphtali. Naphtali. Well, what's in the heart of these individuals whose witnessed and recorded accounts are made available for us to learn from? It's interesting. It's very interesting. So Rachel, so, here, so here's Bilhah. She's, she's bore her second child to Jacob. Rachel's taken it as her own, as if some, this is some kind of a blessing and that she's, you know, being justified in her decisions here. 
With mighty wrestlings, I've wrestled with my sister. Well, yeah. And it's interesting. She's wrestling with her sister in the actions that have taken place. And Jacob, with his mother, Rebecca, together colluded to deceive Isaac and Jacob's brother Esau, robbing him of his blessing. And here we see, again, it's this continuous turmoil that's found in sinful decisions. If we just do it God's way, we can have peace, we can have blessing, we can have rightly handled lifestyle and behavior and, and, and character, uh, um, um, character integrity, okay? But when we don't, we go the wrong path, find ourselves in a lot of mess. So Rachel says in verse 8 what she says, and then in verse 9, when Leah saw, or Leah or Leah, saw that she had stopped bearing, she took her maid Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. <laughs> Let's keep... I'm sure Jacob hates this, right? Oh, man, I have to have relations with all these women, I guess, if I have to. It's just, again, you're getting in a lot of trouble. Now, God's going to use their bad decisions uh, and uh, continue his will forward. But this is not the way it was meant to be from the very beginning. It shouldn't have gone this way. But anyways, and look at this. I mean, Leah... We found Leah uh, way back in chapter 29, well, way back in the chapter previous, uh, made Zilpah to her daughter Leah as a maid. So you have Leah and Zilpah. Leah, J Jacob had gone with Leah, but then was given Rachel. Rachel's all up in her emotions there and gives Jacob, uh, who was it now? Rachel. Man, there's so many names. Bilhah. So we got Rachel, we got Bilhah, we got Leah, and we got Zilpah. We got stuff going on. Jacob, oh, he's just there, you know, <laughs> having relations with all of them, making babies. Uh, so when Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took her maid Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. So that's one, two... Three, four women that uh, Jacob's with now. Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Surprise, surprise. Then Leah said, how fortunate. So she named him Gad. Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, happy am I, for women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. These women are happy because they're given their husband, which is being shared among all of them, and they're taking the children that they're... Ugh, dude, it's almost a Jerry Springer episode. Then Leah said, happy am I, for I will call... Uh, for women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. Now, in the, and again, it, it's not the child's fault. The child is always a blessing. When a child is born, it's a blessing. Whether it be out of wedlock or in a polygamous relationship or wherever the child is born, the child is a blessing. It's... It may have been born in a sinful household with sinful activities, uh, but the child from conception, whether boy or, or girl, is a blessing on this earth. It's a, it's a sign of innocence and life, and, and uh, it's a beautiful thing to hold. It's just very unfortunate that they are born into a very fallen world filled with, uh, well, polygamy... Uh, uh, fornication, adultery, all these things to come and, and have we've done throughout <laughs> the history of mankind. It, it's sad, but it, it's the child is a beautiful blessing. 
And a child can repair things if we all, if, if you would just see the blessing and the innocence of, of such a beautiful little baby. But all these babies being born all these ways, they're going to be weaned in the various departments and branches of whoever is the mother or the servant girl or this, that, and the other. It just makes such a confusing household that pin each other against each other. And uh, again, we can see the lineage of it all. From Abraham and Sarah to the fast forward of Isaac and uh, Rebekah, now Jacob and Rachel. It's just, you know, we should learn from this. We shouldn't want to do that. If you are not in a position of heart to seek marriage, then don't get married, but don't go fornicating or producing adultery or children out of wedlock and, and all kinds of messes like that. If you are an individual who seeks a, 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 a friend, a helpmate for the rest of your life, then by all means, make sure you know who you are marrying. We need to teach our youth this. You know, if we taught our youth the, the, the true and wonderful blessing of marriage and how they should be prudent and discerning whom they are going to marry, if we take our time with our youth to tell them the love of marriage and what it's supposed to look like, maybe we wouldn't have to throw the Bible at them 20 years later because they're divorcing and getting involved with all other kinds of individuals who are not God-fearing people. And they're, you see, it's preventive measures that God allows us through the insight of his infinite power. Through the written word, we can read and understand that we can have a, all sorts of preventive measures. And when we read these accounts, and again, human beings, we all, many of us fall prey to these troubles, these consequences to sinful decisions in regards to marriage and whom we marry and how we marry. We can learn a lot from this, not to repeat the pattern, yet still God will use uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the walk of mankind's life to fulfill the greater uh, love to be displayed in the Messiah thousands of years ahead. It's, it's just, again, it's just, poof, it, it's... It's fascinating, truly, deeply interesting when you allow your mind to, to uh, go into these deep waters and, and learn these accounts. It's just fascinating. You can learn from them. So then Leah said, happy am I. So she's happy about this. Verse 14, now in the days of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's Mandrakes. And remember, that you, it's impossible to have yourself this well-woven chemistry of peace in a household that is divided in polygamy and bitter emotion and, and self-entitlement uh, and, and all these things going on there. There are many character flaws, of course, and many sinful decisions and consequences. You can't have unity. You're not going to have peace. You're going to have bitterness growing within your heart, and you're going to find very. Uh, you're going to create confrontational and divisive ways. It's just, oh yeah, well, Jacob's been with her more than me lately. Her son's better than my son. Oh, he thinks she is. She thinks her son's better than my son. It, you name it, it's a problem. 
So now in the days of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Simple request, right? But she said to her, is it a small matter for you to take my husband? And would you take my son's mandrakes also? (laughs) You want to take my groceries? It's not bad enough. You've taken my, uh, my husband. Taken my husband? You gave him to, you gave me to him. I thought this was all cool. I think this was, I thought this was part of the plan so you could have kids. (laughs) Yeah, it ain't working out that way, is it? Oh, the games that daddies play. You ever hear that song, Conway Tweedy? But she said to her, it's a small matter for you to take my husband, and would you take my son's mandrakes also? So Rachel says, therefore, he may lie with you tonight in return for my son's mandrakes. Let's switch in. Let's make a trade here. Give me some groceries, and uh, you get to sleep with my husband tonight. (laughs) Therefore, he may lie with you tonight in return for your son's mandrakes. Now, when Jacob came in from the field in the evening... Then Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come in to me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night. He ain't leading nothing. He ain't the head of the household. He's just like, I just go and have sex with whoever they tell me to have sex with, I suppose. (laughs) This grown folk stuff, right? Yeah, no. It's quite immature. Quite immature. God gave heed to Leah. And she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. A fifth son. Hmm. Then Leah said in verse 18, God has given me my wages because I gave my maid to my husband. So she named him Issachar. No, it's not a truck. It's a car. (laughs) Like that. Leah conceived again and bore a sixth son to Jacob. A sixth son. Man, better take out the conveyor belt. Hmm. We got some eggs here all over the place. Then Leah said, verse 20, God has endowed me with a good gift. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Zebulun. And uh, this is how they're interpreting the whole scenario, right? It's a mess. God's using it for the greater good of his will. Though this is not, this is, this is not the law he had set for mankind. This is not what they, he wanted them to do. But he's going to get things done anyways. Kind of like, I always go to the cross, right? You go to the cross. At that moment, Satan thought he had won. Satan's like, yay, the sinful ways of man has won. I have crucified the Son of God. I win. And at the very moment in which Satan thought he had won, that he had found himself victorious over the spiritual war, is the very moment in which Christ showed his strength and conquered death and defeated the devil. Mankind and their sinful ways, making sinful decisions, 
At times, the devil's like, ah, yes, I'm going to pervert and corrupt God's plan to bring forth the Messiah and redeem the world to him. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to create all kinds of messes that it's going to get in the way. And, and the devil's, since, since the very beginning of his treachery and his corruption, his fall, he's been wanting to get rid of the plan of salvation for mankind. And every time he thinks he's got it made, God utilizes it and remains victorious. So God remembers Rachel in verse 22. Oh, let's let's back up there. I missed I missed verse 21. Afterward she bore a daughter and named her Dina or Dina? Dina. And then God remembered Rachel and God gave heed to her and opened her womb. She could have waited. Just like Sarah Sarah could have said, I need to learn patience. And I need to learn when God and his providential wind will make things happen. Because he said he would, and we trust that he will. And so we need to wait. And we don't do that, do we? Like, oh, what's taking so much time? Let's make these things happen now. <laughs> look at all the kids and all, look at all the women now. Look at the mess. So God remembers Rachel and gave... And God gave her to uh, heed to her and opened her womb. So she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. She said that. She named him Joseph. Oh, there's a name we understand. Saying, may the Lord give me another son. What an interesting section or portion of scripture. Again, a lot of... Um, a great deal of, of very many similarities from all the accounts of this ancestral tree in which they are doing this. What's the takeaway? What, what, what's, the, what's the practical application? Well, several, of course, within the theme remain true. Don't do that. Have one wife. Have children with that wife. If that wife can't have children, you may want to look into adoption. Let's do things the way God wants us to do things. Doesn't mean we won't have any heartaches in life and sorrows and pains and trials and challenges and all that kind of stuff. But it means we'll be able to persevere through them a lot better. Imagine you're Jacob. You've been with four women thus far, got children all over the place, women who can't get along. You just become the ghostly figure. Yes, I'll just do what the wives tell me to do. <laughs> who must I have in, her, in, her, in relations with now today? <laughs> Should have stood up and said, like, no, no. From the very beginning, just like Abraham should have said to, to Sarah, Jacob should have said to Rachel, what are you, have you gone mad? You want me to go sleep with your maid, your sister, and with everyone around to have, you think you're going to be getting children out of this? No, they, no, 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 listen, you've lost your mind. We need to have ourselves a session of communication. We're going to communicate, we're gonna speak words to each other, and we're going to find ourselves humble and submissive to one another because we're equal in this marriage. We need to love each other with it. We're going to make this work. What's the key source factor to making this work? God. The minute you allow foreign contaminants within your marriage, you're a done deal. Oh, and there are a great many infiltrators, manipulators who dominate, who cause chaos and break apart marriages. That's what happens when you allow individuals to infiltrate your marriage realm. Male, female, husband, wife. You don't need any contaminants. It don't need to come from your parents, your grandparents, or any other foreign threat from brothers or sisters. It don't matter from who or where. 
Two become one. It's not 20 become one. It's husband, wife, male, female become one. Look at the mess we got here. Jacob should have been, no, 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 we're not doing this. No, no, no. We're going to work out our marriage together. We don't need these foreign manipulators, these uh, inside our marriage. It's just going to cause more problems. Sadly, many of us only learn that fact once we've we've woken up to it and be like, what happened there? Oh, we've been attacked by foreign infiltrators. So from this account, we can learn a great many things, of course. Know who you're marrying. Respect the order and law of the covenant. Love your wife. Wife, love your husband. And with all that said, if you come late to the game and you've already done all these messes in your life, you can still find God. God still loves you. God will still forgive you. Of course, while you have breath in your lungs and a thinking mind, God will utilize you for the greater good of his kingdom and you can find purpose in life and peace. And from that moment on, you start making better decisions, decisions that are guided by the Holy Spirit, the words he wrote in the, the Bible. So there are so many things uh, to learn and to, 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 to embrace from, from these accounts. It's no wonder that Paul said we need to learn from the 39 books of the Old Testament. There's much to learn. We can learn God's nature and we can learn how mankind keeps messing up. But yet still, God's grace remains with them when they recognize and they repent and they change and they, they seek to do better. God's not like, oh, remain in sin. No, he's like, change. You need to change. That's the whole thing with repentance. It's a change of mind that leads to a, a different change of life. And you begin producing fruits of repentance. And, and that's, that's a wonderful thing uh, indeed. All right, my friends. Well, that'll uh, finish for that section there. We won't go any further today. Let me just see here if I can see our feed going. Uh, yeah, all right. We're still rolling. Good stuff. Please consider subscribing, following, giving a thumbs up, comment, sharing the link far and wide if you find any uh, benefit to the substance of the information. It's important information. It, it, we need to go back to this book and learn these things so we can see what not to do and what to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're hired tomorrow with a new employer, you understand you have to learn the job. And as you learn the job, you get better at it. It's the same with everything and anything in life. We see the model all around us. The illustrations are everywhere. Well, if we want to live an upright life, a decent life, making good decisions, right decisions, we need to learn from the manual, the Bible, and the purpose therein it has for us and how we uh, exist on this earth, how it came to be, if you will. This family here, God still used. They're obviously written in this book, the Bible. God still used, uh, and God uh, loved them. But they were making a whole bunch of bad decisions, sinful decisions, and it led to a lot of pain, a lot of consequences that we still live with today <laughs> because of those decisions back over there. Uh, it's truly uh, something to look into, for sure. Hey, listen... If you have uh, any comments, questions, concerns, by all means, let them be known. Uh, please consider supporting, you know, uh, the Added Souls Ministry that keeps us going. 
keeps the uh, studio growing. And uh, we hope and pray we can be your servants for many years ahead. We do have a budget. We do have an amount to reach. We've not reached it, but still each each week, um, some of you give a donation. Uh, you reach out and we, we, we manage to have food, shelter, and clothing and, and keep going. And it's all through his grace. And, and we love him and we love you. And we're so thankful that we get to do these things. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, please con consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. You can sign up over there. Uh, there's PayPal, addedsouls at gmail.com. And uh, you can reach out to me and have a conversation with me if you want. Uh, I labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here on the East Coast of Canada. And we minister to, of course, the hub area, Moncton, Dieppe, and Riverview, and all around. If you have any comments or questions, again, concerns, reach out. And uh, perhaps you'd like to get involved and partake with us. We're a growing family, a beautiful growing church. And uh, you'll find the love of Christ here. And you'll find the strength of, uh, of the doctrine that is revealed through the scriptures. And uh, we'd love to have you along with us. That good? Stay focused and stay positive. Uh, Lord willing, tomorrow for our topical discussion on Thursdays. Topical Thursdays. All right. Peace out.